He went to check on his grandsons at their mother's home. The proud grandfather had heard that one of the boys wasn't looking very well. And when he got there, he saw that his grandson was lying asleep in his bed. But he was covered in bruises, and the little boy wasn't really sleeping. He was dying. Welcome, or welcome back. I'm Cassie, and this is A Wicked World. Hope everyone's doing good today. The story that I have for you is one about a little boy who was attacked for not just one day, not just two days, but four entire days, until his little body just couldn't take it any longer. This is the story of Dominic Calhoun. Dominic Calhoun was born on October 17, 2005, in Grand Blanc, Michigan. He was born to his mother, Corinne Baker, and his father, Eric Calhoun. Dominic also had one brother, who was named Tyler Baker. Dominic was an easygoing child who had a kind heart. He also loved dancing, going snowmobiling with his grandfather, and his blankie. Dominic and his brother Tyler had moved with their parents from home to home for most of their lives. They had even lived with both sets of grandparents at one point. And the boys had also lived with family friends as well. In 2009, when Dominic was three, Corinne Baker was given full custody after her relationship with his father, Eric, had ended. Both Eric and Corinne's parents had also tried to gain custody of Dominic, but as you can tell, they were unsuccessful in those attempts. And Corinne already had custody of Tyler, as he had a different father than Dominic did. And why Corinne was given custody, I have no damn idea, because she was a known avid drug user who even used crack cocaine while she was pregnant with Dominic. So, not sure what the logic was there. Now, while she was still in a relationship with Dominic's dad, Corinne was also hanging around a man named Brandon Hayes. Brandon was a known drug dealer in the area. Brandon was 24, and Corinne was 25 when they met, and they remained friends for about a year before they would start seeing each other. Their relationship actually began when Eric Calhoun was sent to prison. As she puts it, Corinne was lonely and desperate, and that's when Brandon swooped in to save her, or so she thought. And Brandon, of course as in a lot of these cases, was not a very stand-up guy. He had been in trouble with the law for most of his adult life. In 2004, when he was only 18 years old, he had been incarcerated for domestic assault and battery. Then, in 2007, he was sentenced to two years in prison for assaulting, resisting, obstructing, and fleeing police. And Brandon also had a few drug possession charges as well. Only three months into their relationship, Corinne, Brandon, and the boys moved into an apartment together. They were now living at the Pinehurst Apartments in Linden, Michigan, and the first few days was normal. They were unpacking, setting up their new place together. At first, Brandon was sweet to Corinne and the two boys, but only days in, Brandon would get more agitated than normal, and he was very dismissive of Corinne's feelings. There was also the fact that Brandon did not like that Dominic's dad, Eric, did not always pay his child support. 
Brandon made his frustration with this very well known. It seemed that Brandon also might have been jealous of the fact that Corinne would let her ex see Dominic, even when he didn't pay his child support. Because Brandon's ex would hold it against him and not let him see his own daughter if he was late on a child support payment. About a week after they had moved in together, on April 8th, 2010, four-year-old Dominic was sitting on the couch, eating a bowl of cereal and watching TV. While he was sitting there, the little boy accidentally urinated on himself. And this sent Brandon into an absolute rage. He began kicking and punching little Dominic in the head. Brandon then turned his rage towards Corinne and struck her in the face and started pulling out clumps of her hair. He was also screaming, who's going to pay for this? The next day, Brandon once again began punching and kicking little Dominic in the head and this time in the groin as well. And when Corinne attempted to cover Dominic's body with her own, Brandon then started kicking her in the head. He was also screaming how he didn't want to raise Dominic, and he was sick of having to pay for him since his father didn't provide any money or support. And during this, Brandon also told Corinne that her son Dominic was a little crackhead who deserved to die. On the following day, Saturday, April 10th, the beatings only continued. Dominic was lying in bed, unconscious at this point, when Brandon went in and grabbed the little boy by the arm and dragged him back out to the living room, where he began beating him yet again. And on this day, the attacks would go even further. Brandon would not only push his fingers into little Dominic's eyes, he would also burn his tiny hands, slam him into walls, and he even pulled out a few teeth with his bare hands. On the fourth day, Sunday, April 11th, Corinne's sister, Christine, along with three of her friends, went over to Corinne and Brandon's apartment so they could buy some marijuana from them. It was then that they saw Dominic lying on his bed, completely battered and bruised. And Corinne, who also had bruises on her, told them not to disturb Dominic because he was just sleeping. Corinne's sister, however, knew something was clearly wrong, and she called Dominic's paternal grandfather, Rick Calhoun, who came rushing over to help. Rick knocked on the door and Corinne answered. He had to push past her to get into the apartment. He then went to Dominic's room, where he saw him laying on his bed, completely beaten up. At first, Rick thought maybe the little boy had just taken a bath and then fallen asleep, but he wasn't. He was dying. Rick Calhoun immediately contacted the authorities, who were, by the way, less than three minutes away from the couple's apartment. Brandon tried telling Rick that somebody else had beat up Dominic. At that point, Rick punched him right in the face. Rick felt like the pair had already had a plan for what they were going to do with Dominic's body after he had died, and he felt like he had probably interrupted that plan. Once police officers had arrived and entered the apartment, they found Dominic in his bedroom, lying on his back, wearing only a t-shirt and pull-ups. They also found his favorite blankie, splattered with blood. Dominic was unconscious at the time and making a moaning sound. A police officer who had arrived on the scene, Angelo Panos, said he was devastatingly shocked when he first saw the little boy, and he lost his demeanor 
and turned to Corinne and Brandon and yelled, What the fuck kind of animals are you? Look at this little boy. The paramedics immediately transported him to the Hurley Medical Center. There, a portion of Dominic's skull had to be removed to help relieve pressure because his brain was so swollen. The doctors had no hope that Dominic would pull through. His injuries were so severe. Doctors said that every inch of his body was covered in bruises, including the soles of his feet. He was declared brain dead and placed on life support. Family members stood around Dominic's hospital bed on April 12, 2010, as doctors unplugged the life support machine and declared Dominic Calhoun dead. 24-year-old Brandon Hayes was arrested and held without bond on nine different charges, including torture, murder, child abuse, assault, and various drug possession charges. He admitted what he had done to Dominic. Now, Corinne was also transported to a hospital. Corinne had suffered broken bones, bruises, and cigarette burns. She had also been in and out of consciousness. But as soon as she was released from the hospital, Corinne was arrested as well and charged with second-degree murder for what she did not do to save her son Dominic's life. She was booked in a county jail. However, she was shortly after released on bond. Now, Corinne would say she had fought so hard to save her son Dominic's life, yet everyone was blaming her. She told police that Brandon had held her and Dominic hostage and that she wanted to get the little boy medical treatment, but Brandon told her that she could not. Corinne said that every time she tried to get to Dominic, Brandon had ripped her away. But the truth was, Corinne had not done enough to save her little boy. In fact, investigators had found out that she had left the apartment twice during those four days of the attack. But since she was on probation and had violated it by moving out of Livingston County, as well as being on drugs, she didn't go get any help. And one of the places Corinne had actually gone was with her parents to a doctor's appointment on Friday, April 9th. Her parents later said that during that trip, Corinne seemed smiley and happy, and she even spoke to Brandon on the phone in front of them. Her mother, Julie Baker, said, I'll say this until the day I die. All she had to do was say one word, just one. Later that same day, Corinne, Brandon, and the boys would go to the dollar store with Brandon's father, Arnold Hayes. Now, Arnold would notice the severe burns on Dominic's hands, as well as the bruising to his head. Corinne told him that another child had actually burned Dominic's hands with a hot stick that they had taken from a fire pit that was nearby the apartment. There we go, blaming another kid again. Arnold advised them that they needed to get Dominic to the emergency room to get treated for his injuries. But Corinne said that she would not bring him because she was afraid that she would get blamed for those injuries. Brandon's father would also later say that his son was in a very raw mood because he had spent over $100 on their shopping trip that day. His son did not like having to spend lots of money. The trip home in the car was full of tension. Now, another person who had seen Dominic during these four days of the attack was Brandon's uncle, Rodney Keene. He had also been to the apartment that Friday, and he saw that Dominic's hand was red and very swollen. 
He told them to get him to the emergency room, just like Brandon's dad had. But they again told him that they weren't going to because they claimed they had warrants out for their arrest and they didn't want Child Protective Services involved. And while he was still there that day, Rodney confronted Corinne again about getting Dominic medical attention. And at the time he did this, Brandon was not in the room. But Corinne brushed him off and didn't ask him for any type of help whatsoever, even though she knew that Brandon was not within earshot. Since she was not listening to him, Rodney made the decision to call Corinne's mom. Corinne's mom then called her over and over again, trying to get her to take Dominic to the doctors. And although Dominic was vomiting and bleeding, Corinne did not. He took all my clothes from me. Caught me. I was going to jump over the balcony because I didn't know what else to do. And now my baby's gone. And I wish it was me. And he was still here. That's what I wish. And I will fight. And I will make sure that the monster that did this is gone forever. I never will see another light of day again. started because I went to the doctor on Friday with my mom and my dad. And Brandon called me and told me about a burn. He said that he had washed Dominic's hand and the skin peeled off his hand. And Tyler, my oldest son, I'm assuming he scared him into the story. He told him that um, Dominic burnt his hand and another kid burnt it with a stick. And I just had an awful feeling. So Saturday I confronted him. And so he had burned? He burned Dominic with scolding in the water. Why did he do that? I don't know. I don't know. Then I wasn't there to protect him. And then when I was, he was trying to kill me. And when my sister walked through the door on Sunday, it was like an angel. Literally was sent to that door. And even though I said out loud, don't call the cops, because he said if I called the cops, he would kill me. And I didn't want her to, him to hurt her, because he had her cornered in the doorway, you know. So it was like a psychological game. Yes, yes. Just to get him to not, to, so that she could get away. Yes. And obviously she's going to do what she Yes. And she did the right thing. She went and got Dominic's grandpa. Rick Calhoun came in and thankfully, you know, he called 911. It was too late. (laughs) And when you fight so hard to keep someone alive and then be blamed for it. We'll be right back. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9pm Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted.
Jen's mother has also said, maybe one day she can admit that she did not do everything humanly possible to save her son. And some of Corinne and Brandon's neighbors had made statements saying that they had heard many loud noises, including cries coming from the apartment, but nobody had notified the police. One neighbor even heard Dominic yelling, Mommy, make him stop. Still, nobody called the police. Unbelievable. Corinne Baker agreed to testify against her now ex-boyfriend, Brandon Hayes, in exchange Hayes for a sentence of 13 to 20 years in prison. So, in August of 2011, Corinne pled guilty to her second-degree murder charge and was given her 13 to 20 years as agreed upon. She was also given two to four years for her second-degree child abuse charge. Now, prior to the trial, Brandon's lawyer was saying that his client was plagued by hallucinations, and he was not fit to stand trial. But unfortunately for him, a psychiatric evaluation found Brandon completely competent to stand trial and be punished. So in January of 2012, Brandon's trial began. One of the people that testified during this trial was the sheriff who had been assigned to Dominic's case. He testified that Dominic's case went beyond torture. And he had also spoken with veteran police officers who had seen many things. They even said that Dominic's case was particularly gut-wrenching. He would also make the statement, All kids talk about the boogeyman. Dominic met his boogeyman. Also testifying was the doctor who had performed surgery on Dominic in an attempt to save the boy's life when he had come into the hospital that day in April. He says that the image of Dominic on the surgery table still haunts him. He could never have been prepared for what he saw that day. He told the court that it was clear to him that Dominic's brain was not going to survive and that he had been covered, completely covered in bruises. And the doctor who performed the autopsy on Dominic said that these were the worst injuries he had seen on any child or adult. And on top of these statements, there was the heart-wrenching testimony from Dominic's brother, Tyler. He had witnessed what had happened to Dominic during those four days. He told the court that his brother had been puking up everything, including blood. And he said that he thought his brother's leg had been broken. Every time he stood up, he dropped back down, Tyler said. Tyler also told the jury that he knew Brandon hated him and Dominic. In court, a detective would also read a letter written by Brandon Hayes. It was written one day after Dominic had been taken off of life support, while Brandon was in prison. It said, Dear Judge, I am so sorry for what I did to Dominic and Corinne. My heart hurts so bad for them and the family. I would never do anything like this and never had the intention of doing what I've done. I'm sorry, judge, I'm a drug addict. And what that has to do with it, I have no idea because being a drug addict does not automatically make you a psychotic murderer. And throughout his trial, Brandon showed no emotion, except for when his father took the stand. At that point, he began crying. The jury had deliberated for two hours 
Before coming back with the verdict of guilty on all counts, Dominic's family sobbed as the verdict was read out loud. Justice won. Brandon zero. That's what I got to say. That's right. Woo! Cheers, tears, embraces, and a sense of relief. Brandon Hayes was to spend the rest of his life in prison. The judge sentenced him to 100 to 150 years in prison for the second-degree murder conviction and life without parole for the two counts of felony murder. He also received lengthy sentences for his remaining seven counts, including 60 to 90 years in prison for torture. So needless to say, I don't think Brandon's ever getting out of jail. And that's the way I like to see it. Brandon's defense attorney would tell anyone who listened that authorities had charged the wrong person and that Corinne was the one who was responsible for her son's death. He said that Corinne had a history of lying, drugs, and run-ins with CPS. But Brandon had a history of violent crimes, so if I had to choose... His lawyer also said that even though Brandon does drugs and people may not like him for that, that does not make him a murderer. Brandon seems to think that that they go hand in hand, though. That's what he wrote in his letter to the judge, so... You guys gotta get on the same page. So now after two years of grieving, Dominic's family finally felt like they had some closure. Rick Calhoun even hugged one of the jurors on the way out of the courthouse, saying to them, you made my day, you made my family's day, you saw the truth. In June 2012, Governor Rick Snyder signed Dominic's Law. This strengthens the penalties for first and second degree child abuse. And it also adds penalties when the abuse is committed in front of another child. In June 2013, Corinne Baker tried to get her plea tossed out and attempted to appeal the case from behind bars. Corinne had sought to withdraw her plea, maintaining that she had been told it was the only way she would be able to testify against Brandon. But her efforts were refused by the Michigan Court of Appeals in 2014. And the Michigan Supreme Court also refused to even hear her appeal. To this day, Corinne still maintains her innocence. She even wrote a book titled, I Didn't Kill My Baby. And from time to time, she updates an online blog where she talks about what happened. She has also said in one of these blog posts that she remembers the blue of Brandon's eyes turning black that day. She said she really believed he was possessed by a demon and that he had never shown any signs of abuse prior. In a recent interview from prison, Corinne said that she had turned her life around, including getting sober, mentoring others, and earning an associate's degree. She's hoping that others can find it in their hearts to forgive her. But regardless of what Corinne said, her family says that she's never showed any remorse for Dominic's death and hasn't even written them one letter while she's been in prison. At the beginning of this year, 2023, much to the disdain of Dominic's family, the Michigan Parole Board made the decision to release Corinne on parole. So she was supposed to have been paroled this past spring. So as far as I know, she is out there in the world again. Eric and his family tried to appeal But that it, was denied. 
Dominic Calhoun's funeral was held on April 16, 2010, at the Freedom Center in Fenton. Hundreds of people were in attendance. Family and friends shared memories of the little boy who was known for his bright blue eyes. The stage behind his tiny white casket was filled with flowers, teddy bears, and a big plastic dump truck. There was also a sea of blue ribbons for Child Abuse Awareness Month and hats stitched with Dominic's name in him. Well, thank you for listening to all of Dominic's story today. This mother is unbelievable, acting like she did everything she could to help Dominic when she had clearly left the house multiple times, once even without Brandon, but she didn't get any help for him. And the police station is even within walking distance of their apartment. The torture that Dominic had to go through during those four days is hard to even think about. And now, on top of it, his mother's out of prison. But that's not to take away from the fact that the person who actually did do this to him, Brandon, will be in jail for the rest of his life. So that is great news. So if you do like true crime and you want to hear it from me, then don't forget to hit that subscribe button below and turn on your notifications too so you'll know when I upload a new video, which is two to three times every week. Thanks for watching A Wicked World today. Until next time, take care guys. Bye. Thank you for being patrons of A Wicked World. Adina, Amy, Angela, Angie, Catherine, Danielle D, Danielle H, Drew, Panorama, Kara, Lindsay, Mary, Mel, MJ Kelly, Neoma, and Tammy. You guys rock. Now, there's even more of A Wicked World on Patreon. You'll have access to exclusive videos each month and more. Any support truly helps to make sure the victims never get forgotten and to highlight the shortcomings of society associated with each case. So check it out at patreon.com slash a wicked world or use the Patreon app.